Today on Stick to Football, we are going to have some fun going deep on the a- NFC East. The NFC East, that's what I wanted to say. The NFC East draft classes, ton of intrigue. Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins, Giants, we're going to break it all down. Matt Miller, Mello, and Connor Rogers. Leave those comments in the app. We need draft on draft questions. I'll be honest, we do not have any right now. We need your draft on draft questions. And if you want to talk about Mello's shirt, you can do that too. You said we were going to have a fun show. I wore my fun shirt. That's what, that's what we were doing. Mello looking very vacation ready. I love it today, man. Right. And you can only see Mello if you watch us here in the Bleacher Report app. He's got the backwards hat on. We'll have to, I'll talk to Joey Molinaro about you being a backwards hat guy. Exactly. He's got the one AirPod in. Like, oh, I have money. I have one AirPod. <laughs> We've been really like going hard on Mello this week. I'm sorry. We'll take it easy on Mello. We are not going to take it easy, though, on the NFC East today, breaking down all those classes. Remember, follow us in the Bleach Report app. Follow us on Twitter at Stick to Football and leave those comments and questions below. We'll get to those at the end of the show. We like to call it Draft on Draft. Mello looks like he needs a Corona. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Dos Equis, maybe? Yeah, maybe Dos Equis. Yeah, we'll okay, Corona. let's start here because we would be celebrating our guy Adam Lefko, maybe not so much, after the draft class that the reigning NFC East champion Philadelphia Eagles had, Jalen Rager in the first round. That really surprised us. Then they came back and took Jalen Hurts in the second round. They ran out of players named Jalen to draft in the third, but... Uh, this is the class, fellas. Mello, give us your grade, and what is your takeaway from what the Eagles did? Look, I'm, I'm sorry to all the Eagles fans. I even have some friends who are personally Eagles fans. This is an F grade for me. I don't see what they were doing here. My big takeaway from this thing is, do they even like Carson Wentz? They gave him a receiver who struggles to catch the ball and then maybe drafted a guy that could be his replacement. You even hear the GM going on air and talking about how, you know, I really liked Russell Wilson and we waited until the third round to take him, so we didn't wait to take this guy in the second round. I don't know if this is going to be a Taysom Hill package, but I'm not getting that vibe. I'm getting the, I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be healthy vibe. We might want to get a guy in here who can be our number two and maybe eventually take over if we don't have another contract for this thing. And, and Jalen Rager, you can see him here. He's catching the ball, and I don't want to keep pounding on this guy. I think Lefko did it enough for all of us. But he, he can separate. I don't know if he can catch the ball, and that is not going to play well in Philadelphia. I think that's what everyone's wondering right here. I was not that kind of this draft either. I gave it a C-. minus. Now, I do want to say... I really like Jalen Hurts. I just don't know if I understand this landing spot after paying Carson Wentz all of that money. And then when you look at the other picks here, they loaded up on wide receivers. I thought Jalen Rager, unfortunately, was a reach. Maybe he'll prove all of us wrong. But I want to talk about the player that I really do like from this group. And this presented, it prevented it from being in the Ds or the Fs. And that's Kayvon Wallace from Clemson. I think when you look at a player in the Eagles secondary that can do a lot of different things that tested very, very well at the NFL Combine. And he can play in the slot. He can play true safety. He comes downhill very, very well. I thought the Eagles did a nice job there. So this draft wasn't a total dud. I think they're going to get a couple players out of it. I think back to what Mello said, you're wondering, did they do a good enough job building around Carson Wentz? And that's kind of where I have my doubts right now. They lost a ton in the secondary. Malcolm Jenkins is gone. They retooled that entire group. Uh, And on defense, we didn't see them add a whole lot. What the hell's going on out there? That's my grade for the Philadelphia Eagles. I give them a D. I just, I can't get on board with the value of Rager. And I, I do, I hope I'm wrong. I had him at 50 overall in this draft class. Me to too. To take Matt. him at yep. 21, 
Take him at 21 ahead of Justin Jefferson, that's a major problem for me. Then to take Jalen Hurts, I like Jalen Hurts. We were advocating for him to go at 34 to the Indianapolis Colts. Nope, he goes to the Philadelphia Eagles, where I actually feel bad for Jalen. Like, all the stuff this guy's been through, Alabama, Oklahoma, to be doubted by me even. I was doubting this guy a year ago. Now it's your moment, you're a second-round pick, and you go somewhere where there's an established, young, high-paid quarterback. I do feel badly for him, and maybe we see him doing what he did here. A lot of Philly special, some Taysom Hill packages. I did not understand those first two picks. I like Davion Taylor. I like John Hightower. I thought they rebounded pretty well in the third round, but some you said, Connor, to me, I can't remember how we were recording when you said this, but you have to wonder if the loss of people like Joe Douglas and like Andrew Barry has Howie Roseman overthinking a little bit. So a degrade from myself, guys. Let's move on to a team, though, that uh, they're not going to like this. Eagles fans are going to like. We come on here and it's like F, C minus D, but how about those Dallas Cowboys? Oh, my Lord. Mello, Jerry Jones on his yacht, just making picks, knocking grand slams. Your thoughts on the Cowboys draft? I think Jerry needs to go to the yacht every year because you look at this draft, and I think this is the best class out of any team, not just the NFC East that we're looking at today. I think they've filled a need with every one of these positions. You look at the ones that are on the board right here. I love every single one of these guys. Even Bradley and I, the last pick that they had before, they took a quarterback, and that's a flyer in the seventh round. But all of these guys are going to contribute on this team immediately. They've got some real talent here. Uh, obviously, CeeDee Lamb, uh, the – situation with Amari Cooper's contract is going to be weird and it's going to get real weird after the 2021 season. So I think they have a guy that they can rely on and be a number one receiver. Amari Cooper might even get knocked down to be that number two guy and we'll see if they're even paying him. This is definitely an A plus for me. Uh, the best class out of every, every team. It's one of my favorite drafts as well. I think when you look at what Will McClay and the Jones family did here, they not only solved needs, but they got premium talent in almost every single round, it felt like, when you look at yep. the value of this draft. We love C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb was my number one wide receiver. I think what he adds to this offense now, you really can't choose someone to double team. You're going to have to – I don't know who you give the attention to. You have Zeke Elliott in the backfield. You have a good offensive line. We know what Amari Cooper and Michael Galp could do. Now you add C.D. Lamb to the equation. I think that's really, really exciting for this offense. But they kept attacking needs after that, getting Teron Diggs in the second round. This is a team that needed a physical press corner. And I just think – and then you go into – the you know day three it looks like to, Biotish right here this is somebody that you look at in this class and you go man he was a productive starter for that Wisconsin offensive line for a long time sure he was a little banged up this year maybe didn't look like the guy we saw you know in his earlier years at Wisconsin playing hurt but he's somebody that can come in and be your future starting center down the line that's just incredible value they top it off with Bradley and I I had Ben DiNucci as a draftable player in this class coming out of JMU at the quarterback position it just felt like everything the Cowboys did made sense while also getting good players in every single round. Do you guys know those mock draft simulators on the internet where you can like, oh, you do your, your team's mock? That's, That's what, what the Cowboys like. draft felt like. It's like, yeah. there's no fucking way that guy's going to be available. Nope, he is. Bradley and I was available in the fifth round. Tyler Beatish falls to the fourth round. Sorry, I must. I don't know if I'm supposed to curse on this stick football life, but sorry, uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, 
It did not feel like those players should have been available where they were. Even Reggie Robinson, his versatility, athleticism to play corner or safety. He was one of the players when Melo and I were doing Draft 400. It was like, where are we going to rank him? Because we have to put him somewhere. Is he a corner? Is he a safety? I think we're eventually going to see him play more corner than safety right away. Uh, I absolutely love what they've done so far in this draft. It gets an A from me. And Jerry Jones, like you said, maybe our guy needs to go to the yacht every year because having that separation from from everyone else at the star seemed to work very, very well for the Dallas Cowboys. Do not I forget. I want to ask you guys. Got, go ahead. Do you think this draft – put them as the front runners in the AFC East, NFC East, because for me, it, it clearly did. Oh, yes, absolutely for me. I, I do, too. I think with CeeDee Lamb, that offense is going to be very difficult to stop, and you look at what the rest of the division did, uh, and they struggle with the Cowboys anyway. I think getting Dak some more tools, and like you were talking about with Beatish, I think that he steps in right away and is a very good center. You have some two very good guards playing next to you. You can kind of cover up some things at center. I think this can be a very good class and a very good offense. And you were already good. Like, honestly, they should have won the division yep. last year. They kind of fell apart down the stretch. My biggest thing is, like, they're going to trust a lot of veterans on that D-line. You know, Don Terry Poe, you're bringing in uh, Gerald McCoy, Alden Smith, and Randy Gregory. You hope you get something from those guys. So, I think that's the key. Can the linebackers stay healthy and the D-line? You're trusting a lot of old dudes to make plays opposite Tank Lawrence. All right, today's show. Don't wait. Let me back up. Don't forget, drop your draft on draft questions. We need those. Draft on draft at the end of the show. Comments, questions, whatever y'all want, put it in the stream right here. But today's show is sponsored by State Farm. State Farm offers home and auto insurance so you're covered whether you live in a new aged bond like layer like Cliff Kingsbury or a house made up of discarded playbooks like Matt Nagy. Good news if you're listening, Jerry Jones. State Farm does offer yacht insurance. We looked it up. So to all the stickies listening from their $250 million super yachts, like a good neighbor, State Farm will be there for you even when you're deep into international waters. We have no word on if State Farm covers Tom Brady randomly walking into your Tampa Bay mansion thinking it's Byron Lovers' place, but they probably do. Thank you, State Farm, for sponsoring Stick to Football. If I had a $250 million yacht, no way you guys are getting close to it. I really wanted to mess with you the whole time. I I think I can do the ad read if you mess with me. Well, we will find out next week. We will find out next week, for sure. All right. Next week, we will be breaking down the AFC North on Monday, the NFC North on Wednesday, and the AFC South on Thursday. So that's the schedule for next week, guys. But we have to continue with the NFC East. Last year... Connor put the L grade out there for Dave Gettleman. We made fun of him drafting Daniel Jones. We made fun of him drafting another defensive tackle. Dave Gettleman is the gift that keeps on giving here at Stick to Football. That might have ended. (laughs) He is, but he gets the comeback old guy of the year award here. The Giants knocked this one out of the park here, guys. I really liked what they did. I I thought they started very strong. I thought the finish was a little weak. They just kept taking linebackers over and over again. But I give this class a B plus. I love Andrew Thomas. Plug and play. Left tackle, right tackle, wherever they want to play him. Xavier McKinney, uh, one of the smarter defensive backs in this class. He can handle a lot of different roles. And then to get Darnay Holmes as well later on, I think was really really, really helpful at the slot cornerback position. But you see what Andrew Thomas brings to the table. Strong hands, the ability to mirror pass protectors, high IQ, permanent team captain, all those intangibles. That's something that Giants fans should be excited about. Saquon Barkley has more room 
next year. Daniel Jones is held upright. Now, what I wonder is, you know, it felt like I, I don't really understand the strategy here, to be completely honest with you, on day three. That was my only question. This would have been an A or an A-plus class <laughs> if they could have got one more value player. But Gettleman, he, he started off so strong, he, he ignored all of his old tactics. And then once again, he just had to do it. He's like, I need all of the linebackers that are left on the board in day three. But overall, a nice bounce back for the New York Giants. Hey, I've made that mistake, too. It's like fantasy football drafts when you draft four running backs. You're like, oh, I can play two of you? Uh, whoops. I think that's what Dave Gettleman did with linebackers. We know he loves linebackers. I love their class, though. I'm going to give these guys an A-. minus. Wow. I really think that they did good. I don't know how much of a say Dave Gettleman had. Maybe he let his computer folks do it. But they did a good job in getting Andrew Thomas in there to protect your running back and quarterback. I think he can make a difference. He can change the way this offense looks. And then they just added a lot of good depth pieces, too. I mean, Xavier McKinney was one of my favorite safeties in this whole class. You look at what he can do in coverage and against the run. He could have been safety one if it weren't for Antoine Winfield, who I think was very good. But I like this New York Giants class. I know we talk a lot of crap on them. Uh, I thought they did a very good job this year, much better than last year. I feel like, Melo, you have recently retired as a teacher, so you're going to understand this. And I know we have a lot of listeners who are in high school and college. They're going to understand this. With Dave Gettleman, we have to grade this dude on a curve. It's like, Dave Gettleman, his drafts are not your normal draft. It's like, okay, who got the lowest score in the class? We'll adjust Dave for that. I'm going to give you a B- minus on that one alone, Davey G. But I hated everything they did after the second round. I'm going to be completely honest. I loved Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney. And we, we took a pause, round three started. It's like, okay. Our guy's figuring some stuff out. Maybe he read my seven-round mock draft this year. But then they got into even round three. I really felt like they reached for Matt Pert there. at the Going to play whether he plays left or right tackle. I felt like that was a reach. And then, as you said, Connor, you drafted four linebackers on day three. And I know they had a lot of picks, but you at some point like might want other positions than linebacker. And Darnay Holmes, I know he's feisty. I know he's a, a fun corner I think he's going to be limited to the slot where there is value there. In the fourth round, he was probably their best pick at day three, but loading up on linebacker was, was just a shock to me. I'll say this. I liked their undrafted free agent class better than I liked their day three class. So a, a B- minus for me on the curve, though. Let's, be, let's just be clear. On the curve. All right. The Washington Redskins had nowhere to go but up. They fire uh, Jay Gruden midway through last season. They bring in Ron Rivera. They bring in Jack Del Rio. They've reorganized the front office, Connor. It looks like maybe they're starting to figure things out and how to draft this team. Going back to 2017, mostly Alabama players in the first round, but that's kind of worked for them. Well, it's hard to completely fumble a draft here, guys, when you have Chase Young on the board when you pick. So that was a great start for Washington. I think they got the premier player of this class, a guy that'll be a double-digit sack player very, very early on in his career. But I think after that, you know, we liked Antonio Gibson. We dared to call him a sleeper, and then the guy goes – you know, in the top 70 picks. So I think when you look at it, you're not expecting him to be a sleeper anymore. You're expecting him to be an actual contributor. And then Sadiq Charles in the third round. I I think my concerns there are the teams I had talked to had taken him off the board. They had, you know, off-field concerns going back to the suspension he had to serve at LSU. I think the talent is there, but what kind of player are you going to get? And they did use a top of fourth round pick on him. So for the Redskins here, I gave it a C plus. I think Chase Young is going to be a star. I think Gibson can be a really nice pass catcher. 
pass-catching weapon, whether that's in the backfield, whether that's in the slot. Antonio Gandy-Golden, for me, projected as a, a third or fourth receiver, a good blocker, good size. I don't know, you know, if he brings you any more speed element than Kelvin Harmon already has on the outside there. Two guys that are, don't run very, very well. And then, really, this goes back to the Giants strategy. On day three, I, I just didn't really think they got any players uh, that I had valued at those spots. So the Redskins, not a bad draft. Once again, I think they can get two really good players out of this thing, but just not a great one when they did have picks to work with later on. Yeah, and I'm going to disagree with you here, Connor. I'm going to give these guys a C, and that's only because they picked up Chase Young. I do not like anything else that they did in this draft. I think when you pull up that board and you look at this roster, I wouldn't be surprised if in two and three years we say, wow, nobody from the 2020 class is left except for Chase Young. You even look at a guy like Antonio Gibson that they took in the second round. He might not be a running back. I know we have him listed. Yeah, it was that. early. Guy had 33 carries in his college career. He might not be a running back. He might be a gadget guy that we get out in the slot and say, actually, he can't separate. We got to cut him and move on. Sadiq Charles is a very talented tackle. He might get cut. He might get himself in some trouble uh, before the NFL even starts. So you look at this roster. I, I really don't know what they did with this class. You got Chase Young, so you can't be a loser. I'm giving it a C. I just don't like the rest of the picks after number two overall. Yeah, going third, I gave it a C-plus as well. So I agree with Connor on the grade, but Melo, what you said is spot on. I didn't like anything they did after Chase Young. I thought it was just cute. Like, they reached – Antonio Gibson might end up being a great player. He might also be Cordero Patterson. You know, like, you have to get him in the right situations for him to be explosive. Antonio Gandy-Golden, we've never seen him play against anyone good. At Liberty, he just didn't do it. And I know y'all are going to be like, but the senior bowl, those are practices. Those aren't games. It's not enough for me to say, yes, he's going to be dynamic and dominant in the NFL. So I do worry. I think Sadiq Charles could be a starting left tackle if, as you guys alluded to, six-game suspension this season for a violation of team rules, that's an issue in the NFL. So a lot of boomer bust-type prospects from Washington in this year's draft. That is why they get the C-plus for me. All right, we do have draft on draft questions. Don't forget, we'll be back here next week, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern time, breaking down the AFC North, the NFC North, and the AFC South. Let's get to these draft on draft questions, though. During Call or Nothing, I cheated and read the questions and put my answers in, and Mello, like got mad at me midway through you the cartoon. You took all my answers. I was like, oh, I'll read the question. All right, I know who I'm answering. And I see that you just pop in our little doc, and you answered. Sorry, I'm faster than you. Oh, my gosh. All right, Fly Eagles Fly 03 needs some good news in his life. Who's the best day three player in the NFC East? I took this to mean from the 2020 class, it's open to interpretation. I think the answer is Bradley and Nye. Being drafted the last pick in the fifth round, uh, we talked about it during the BR Gridiron draft special that we did, Connor. He fell in the draft because teams just did not think he was athletic enough after a bad combine. I think the tape is there. So Bradley and I, especially going to Dallas, I thought that was a really, really good fit for him. I think he'll be an impact player. I love Bradley and I, and he was going to be the guy that I put up there. In the fit in Dallas, I think is perfect. Since I'm going to have to choose a different player here, I'm going to go with Dallas as well, though. I'm taking Tyler Beatish. I really think that he can slide in and be a very impactful center, if not on like a Pro Bowl level. You have a very good offensive line there. If he can stay healthy, you have Zeke Elliott running behind you. That's going to make you look better. You have Dak at quarterback. I think this guy is in the perfect position to succeed. And taking over a fellow Wisconsin guy, uh, I really like the fit there with Beatish. I'm going to make our Eagles fan, you know, viewer happy here. I do think it's Kayvon Wallace. I wouldn't be surprised 
guys with Bradley and I has a great season, maybe be it at starts. I think when you look at all the different roles and the athleticism that Kayvon Wallace has, he's somebody that can make a difference as the Eagles do have some turnover in their secondary. So I thought that was a really good day three pick. Another guy that has all the talent in the world, we keep saying it to be the best day three pick in this division, is Sadiq Charles. We just don't know what version of him is going to show up, but we know that Washington team needs help on the offensive line. There's going to be opportunity for him if he could just keep his head focused. Yeah, and I got to shout out my guy John Hightower from Boise State, fifth round pick by those Philadelphia Eagles. I actually like him better. Jalen Rager's a better prospect. I like John Hightower better for that team. So we'll see what happens there. Second question from Wyatt Charter. Wyatt gets back-to-back questions this week. Appreciate him. What's your favorite? What's your least favorite? Prospect to team fit. Almost my favorite. I am jumping in with, I think, the answer for all three of us. You guys can surprise me. If not, Jalen Hurts to the Philadelphia Eagles is without a doubt my least favorite fit. I wanted to see Jalen Hurts go somewhere and be a starter. That's why I thought the Chargers in round two, if they didn't go quarterback at six, the Colts at 34, the Buccaneers maybe, like the Steelers at 49. There were so many fits for Jalen Hurts. This was not one of them. So I feel badly for him. Well, I guess we'll see how it plays out, but I did not think he would land here. Yeah, I don't like the fit for Hurts. I wanted to see him go to a team where maybe uh, there were some questions at quarterback where he could actually compete for a job. And I still I don't know what the role is going to be for him in Philadelphia. I'm going to go with another quarterback, though. Uh, Jake Fromm is a guy that we've talked about a lot with the State Farm rat ad reads. But I just don't understand why you have two totally different quarterbacks. And I don't feel like they were in a position where they had to come in and draft a quarterback. I think they could have found... A guy that was a veteran that could have backed up Josh Allen. Instead, you get a quarterback that's completely different from him. I don't know how him and Josh Allen can run the same playbook. So I have a lot of questions with that fit. Yeah, I don't doubt it at all. I think I, I would, if I had to get away from the Jalen Hurts one, because as football fans, we want to watch him obviously play. I think it would be Ezra Cleveland going to the Vikings. I think when I look at that pick, I thought Cleveland was not a guy that is ready to play right away. And if you draft him there, it feels like the expectations are that he's going to have reps on the field to earn a starting job. Now, maybe he surprises us, but it would really, really shock me if the play strength is there to come in and be a productive starter. I thought he could have went somewhere where he was given at least a year or two to develop. All right, boys. Last question from G. Doozy. Huge Cowboys fan. I've been blaming Jason Garrett for a while now. Do you think he was the problem, or do the Cowboys just always underperform? Well, G. Doozy, as a Niners fan, I can tell you, they don't always underperform because those 90s teams were amazing. I think Jason Garrett's message got stale. I think this got old after a while. Think you need somebody who can coach. I think that happens all the time. You look at Ron Rivera in Carolina. He was a very good coach. Every once in a while, you just need somebody else to come in there. It's not that they did a bad job. I think Jason Garrett was just in that locker room for a little bit too long. And like you said, message got stale. But I guess you have to point blame to somebody. So, yeah, I think Jason Garrett wasn't able to get those guys going every Sunday. I think getting a new face in that locker room, uh, I would be very surprised if the Cowboys didn't win this division this year. Yeah, I agree. It seems like they needed new energy. I actually am banking on a pretty big year, a pretty big bounce back year in his first year as the coach of the Cowboys for Mike McCarthy. I think the offense is going to be fun to watch. I think he was very vocal when he took the year off and said, listen, I need to step away. I need to dive into analytics. I need to dive into where football is going on the offensive side of the ball and really retailer my scheme. So I think Dallas is a team to watch this year 
All the weapons are there. You have a franchise quarterback. You have a top-flight running back. You have a really, really good offensive line that has built chemistry over the years. Even if they do have to start a new center, there is chemistry amongst that unit. So I think when you look at McCarthy over there, I do think this was the right call. I think it'll bring in some fresh perspective over there, and I'm curious to see how they get all these weapons involved. Likewise. It's like he leaves the Packers where they've never drafted a first-round receiver. First thing he does takes a receiver Draft and C.D. Lamb. So he, he's already proven that he learned from his mistakes in Green Bay. So we got to give McCarthy credit there. Lots of love for our guy Mello's shirt in the comments. You can only see this if you watch in the BR app or on YouTube after we do it live. Mello, uh, do you have a Chiefs Hawaiian shirt ready for Monday? Not yet. Not yet. All right. Mello and Andy Reid rocking those. Not gonna it's say me, it's Andy Reid, it's Ron Rivera. I'm in good company. We're the Hawaiian <laughs> shirt trio. There you go. Can't wait for the season to start so we can see those guys together. Follow us on Twitter, at NFL Draft Scout, at Mello, and at Connor J. Rogers. You can also follow us at Stick to Football and, of course, right here on the app. That's where you get show updates as well as just the nonsense that we all three come up with. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, next week, 5 p.m. Eastern. We'll be back right here in your BR app.